Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Uh, good morning. You may take your seat again. Thank you, guys. Worship was incredible this morning. It always is, but it was, it was, I was just absolutely loving it. And those declarations, as Pastor Adrian mentioned, were just... Uh, it's great to do, isn't it, for our faith and we're declaring stuff to the atmosphere and all of that. Um, it was great to hear Rob sharing and uh, Rob, Rob's a good friend and he's the real deal. He's, a, he's an absolute legend and uh, love the work the Gideons are doing and are continuing to do. Um, I'll just mention a couple of things along that theme of God's uh, written word. We have... The God-breathed, God-inspired written word and the living word Jesus to bring it to life. But someone uh, called Anthony Sagat said in the Sydney Morning Herald about a month ago, talking about the Bible, and he said, Never before have Australians, this is a bit sad, known so little about the foundational text of Australia's biggest religion. And... But never before have we had such strong opinions on its irrelevance to life and society. So as a society, we don't know it, but we've got an opinion about it. We need those testaments out and about. We need uh, God's word wherever it can go uh, because it won't return void to him. That's what he, he promises. And just let's take a minute to think about God's word. It is just a, a literary masterpiece. There's nothing, not a book that you would put anywhere near it. It was written over a period of 1,500 years. How can it make any sense at all? 1,500 years it was put together. We have a TV show that after 15 years you go back and look at it and you think, well, that's a bit hackneyed, that's a bit, that's a bit stayed, that's, that's not relevant anymore. 1,500 years. It was written co-written by princes, kings, herdsmen, judges, priests, poets, musicians, philosophers, farmers, teachers, free people, slaves, rich, poor. Where was it written? It was written from the palace. It was written from prison, from the city, from the wilderness, from a fishing boat. How can it make sense unless it's the inspired word of God? And, uh, you know, we sometimes don't know how to best handle God's Word. And someone once likened it, you know, in the way we treat it, with a, a disused highway that's come into disrepair. And the highway winds through and there's a gully where it's all washed out. So the highway disappears for a bit and then it comes back and, and you know, it's in bits and pieces. And, and someone said that's how we try to read the Word sometimes. We get into Genesis an exodus and it's really good then we get bogged down in leviticus and uh, and and the law and uh, we sort of go missing for a bit then we re-emerge with the judges and the kings then we get lost again in solomon's writings and musings and uh, and the prophets and new testament is going well and then we get into the apocalypse in revelation and we don't really very well understand it no we we need to know is that it's god's word that it is um, 
Jesus all the way through. In the Old Testament, it's talking about him coming. In the Gospels, it talks about his death. In Acts, it talks about his resurrection. He, he lives. Uh, in the Epistles, the letters, it talks about how he saves. And in Revelation, how he reigns. He's the king. So, what a wonderful thing. So, my question to you and me this morning, what are you and I doing with it, with God's word? Now, I can't condemn you. There's no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. But the Holy Spirit can convict you and can convict me. And, uh, and it can be a, a challenge to us. And uh, we can take a challenge in this church. I think our church is a, is a healthy church because we, we get a challenge every week and uh, we keep coming back. So that's healthy. We're just not getting our ears tickled. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, wow, I'm just challenged every time I come here, uh, which, is, which is amazing. That's the preamble and it's already uh, 11 o'clock. <laughs> Man, we, no, no, we're not going to be here a long time. Um, but I did want to follow up today about uh, one thing Pastor Steve McCracken said last week and that he talked about the relationship between faith and obedience. Faith and obedience and if... Uh, we remember rightly, he said, if they marry faith and obedience, they will conceive destiny and purpose. Fantastic. Faith and obedience. So I'd love to just take a few minutes, look at some great scriptures on how that comes together. Faith and obedience. Uh, Pastor Steve said that truth without grace is legalism. And grace without truth is compromise. That was great. And he talked about the reason for us to build a building. Wasn't that a great message? <laughs> well received. It was received. He said it's because God's instructed it, not because of the needs that we have of a new building and this and that. It's because God instructed it. And he's looking for obedience from us. He's looking for obedience in us and, and through us. Uh, and his challenge included what, is, what role have we got to play, what can we bring, and how will we be involved? What, sorry, did I say things twice? What we bring, how we're involved, and what we give. And uh, I trust that's something that's sitting there for each of us in, that, in this season to come. Um, I've got a scripture, uh, Faith and Obedience that I found that included both of them, so both words, so it must be important. Romans 1 verses 5 and 6. And Jeremiah is smashing it out on the visuals. Great stuff, bro. So good to have you there. Jeremiah's a great man. He's uh, on on um, Insta or Facebook, one of those, he's, his stuff's chock full of encouraging things, so... Yeah, that shows your heart, brother. Um, Romans 1, verses 5 and 6. Through Jesus, we received grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles, that's you and me, to the obedience that comes from faith 
for his name's sake, for Jesus' name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So they do, there's a scripture there that puts them together to the obedience that comes from faith. So there's a process there. And obedience is seriously, seriously important. Um, I think in the world today, and I've missed one of my little notes, you know, the world's trend seems to be towards good ideas and things that sound great and sound good and that don't often have substance behind them and that don't have, uh, uh, you know, idealism. And um, we do, we, the world, there's a lot of people giving lip service to causes that are deemed important but there's little evidence of follow-through. And does that creep into the church to us? Again, I'm not condemning, just uh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you speak how you want to speak today. But obedience is seriously important. Romans 5, 20 says this, The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. Obviously, if we, we're, the law makes us aware of sin, so obviously... Sin, there's more sin because we, we know it's there. Um, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's good. But then there's chapter 6 comes straight after it. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? It's important. We're not, that's, we haven't been given free, free go to just live our lives in sin. We've given, been given responsibility. We've been given grace so that we can operate out of that grace and say, well, look what grace has, has done for my life, therefore I'm going to live like this. So d by no means, by, Paul couldn't make it any clearer, by no means, we are those who have died to sin, how can it live any longer? So, faith and obedience. And then I guess the next thing that we could look at is, what's the difference between doing a good thing or doing God's will. You know, distractions make things hazy, and our world's fantastic at distractions. Um, I don't understand how it works, but if you have a teenager in your house doing their homework with their earbuds in, listening to something, and watching the TV at the same time, and they're not distracted, they're, they're supposedly, it's, it's supposedly all happening. And... Uh, the, the music's interrupted while they respond to something there as well. <laughs> Whereas me, to get distracted, um, my work, they've invested in headsets for all us employees for when we're on the phone, you know, there. And um, I, I use mine a fair bit, but I've got a colleague sits just across the hall from me and who doesn't use that. He uses speakerphone all the time. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Two doors shut. His door, his, his, her, whoever that is. Uh, their, their door shut. My door shut. I've, I feel like I need 
double pay because I'm I'm handling his conversations as well because I'm and uh, you know I can hear my boss talking to him and I'm thinking well the boss hasn't rung me back yet I put my call in <laughs> I don't I don't know where normal is it could be yeah I'm not sure I'm I'm the normal because I should be able to block that out and and do my stuff but distractions are they they're a thing to watch out for and uh, doing good can be get in the way of doing what God's will is. Um, there's a story in 1 Samuel 15, and it's uh, where uh, Samuel the prophet talks to Saul about dealing with the Amalekites. They were, they'd done some bad stuff, and uh, Samuel said to Saul, Righto, God's got favour for this. Head on up knock these guys over, but destroy them completely, their king, their people, their livestock. Saul did as he was asked, to a point they ambushed the Amalekites, but Saul, he kept, let the king live, and he kept some good cattle and some good sheep, uh, rather than do what what, uh, he was asked to do. Samuel comes up, Samuel's the prophet, he knows exactly what's going on, but he gets there, finally sees Saul, who's, he had to chase him a bit because Saul went up to Carmel to build a bit of a, an edifice to himself uh, and uh, because of his great victory. And uh, Samuel says, oh, can I hear, hear cattle? Can I hear cows there? And uh, Saul explains, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's, we held on to that. That's so that we could do a sacrifice to the Lord. He's, he's done a great thing and um, all good. And uh, Samuel replied a little bit different, 15 verse 22, 23. What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams and cattle and, and whatever. So, again, we We've been told to build a building and to be obedient to it. And uh, there's, when God speaks like that, there's not room for us to add on or to, or to go, a, go at a bit. We'll modify that a little bit to, uh, to do it how we think it should work. No, God's way is the way it, it should work. Uh, the next point uh, is that... Uh, we need to magnify the right thing. Faith and obedience. The faith part, if we magnify Jesus, the faith part will be taken care of and it will lead to obedience. And we some I, and I question how close are we walking with, with God if we're not getting the, the obedience part. Because if we're in close relationship, the obedience will be what we want to run with. So worship. Worship. Pastor Steve, a couple of weeks ago, talked about Micah 6, 8, walk humbly and to lean in to become sensitive to God's heartbeat. We were designed to connect with and adore the fullness of God. Jesus has made it easy to enter. Like what he did on the cross, he's, it's, he's made it easy for us to build that throne that Pastor Kylie mentioned several weeks back. Um, 
In the temple and the tabernacle, there was no chair because the priest was kept busy the whole time. He would head in there doing the atonement and do, dealing with the sin and uh, the, of the people. And it was in reaction, it was reactionary to the sin of the people. We do the sin, the priest goes in and, and makes sacrifices on our behalf. What's Jesus done? He's died on the cross, said it's finished. He's a forerunner. He's gone before our sin so that it is all dealt with so that we can have clear access in our relationship with him, in our worship of him, in our communication with him and, and living with him. It's a great base to build a throne with our praises. Yeah, and we meet together at every opportunity. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing to do. I don't need to preach that to you. You're here. But uh, we meet together at every opportunity. And, um, uh, you know, talking to some of our, our friends from um, Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands uh, that have been around church in the last few months. And uh, it, it took me back to a cruise I did with my parents when I was little. And, um, uh, well, 11 I was little, uh, but uh, and we we went to uh, Port Vila in Vanuatu, and as my dad would do, we went to a prayer meeting. We're only in in the in the place for twelve hours, and t- Dad sought out a church, went to a prayer meeting. It was incredible. A couple of days later, we go to Suva in Fiji. Again, we've got twelve hours to sightsee and see the place. We went to church twice in the one day, and and had meals with the people there. <laughs> Went out for lunch, went to church at night. Uh, an Indian man put his hand on Dad's shoulder. You come home to my place for supper. So we did that. And uh, I'd, I'd eaten two meatballs before the chilli kicked in. And uh, <laughs> But just great memories. I don't know what Suva was like. I really don't. But <laughs> we saw plenty of the sea. But we didn't. But, you know, I th- and looking back, I think, gee, Dad was pretty <laughs> pretty committed to that. Uh, but it was... I. I I'm glad to have that in my life um, because, yeah, to meet together. So that previous point, magnify the right thing, and then the step on from that is then Jesus' love compels us. His love compels us. 2 Corinthians, Christ loves compels us. That's what just said. But we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's the compelling bit. He died and was raised again for us. That love compels us, puts us into action. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do not so no longer. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. You know, his love compels us. And what's he calling us to do? Hey, maybe he's calling us to do something that's a bit out of left field. Um, Got a river out here at the moment. It wouldn't be out of place to build an ark, would it? (laughs) But... uh, you know, Noah did it when there hadn't even rained. Like, is there anything more insane than that? More crazy, more illogical than that. 
Um, just let's just be open when God calls us to do stuff, and it could be out of left field. Let's be open. Let's be open, both to to receive that seed of faith and act on it, but also someone comes to you and and talks about what God's been speaking to them about. Let's be let's be wise, but also let's be open. I think back to uh, Paul and Barnabas, and uh, they a guy called John Mark had been with them, and he 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 pulled pulled out and left, and. Uh, Barnabas wanted to get him back, wanted to give him a second chance. And they had a, Paul and Barnabas had a fierce disagreement, went their separate ways. But God is the God of second chances. And someone comes to you, your initial thought might be, oh, I'm not sure that's right for you, but are we allowing for what God has, can do in the growth area in that person's life? Yep. Okay, we're getting towards the end. Um, obedience, do it and don't measure by the immediate outcomes don't let that be a measure of whether you're hearing from God right Um, obedience is not necessarily working out for you there was once a pilot who was flying his he was a new pilot and he was flying his private plane on a cloudy day he wasn't very experienced with an instrument instrument landing when the control tower was to bring him in he began to get a bit panicky <laughs> he was probably holding up the the queue of, of the of the traffic of the planes looking to come in then a stern voice from the control tower came over the radio you just obey the instructions we'll take care of the obstructions and um, what a what a word for us we, we'll take care we deal with the instructions we've been giving. Let God deal with the obstructions. He's way more powerful. He's got bigger muscles than us to push things aside. So, and another thing, it's, it's not over till it's over. It was a Demi Hines song back in the 90s, <laughs> which Demi Hines' career, yeah, went, it was a good song. It was, uh, it, if you get it in your head, it's, uh, it, it, it'll get stuck there. It's not over till it's over. Obedience is what he's called us to do. And um, just my final point um, is that, and I haven't had time or done the research today, but you don't have to look far in your Bible to see the promises and to see the impact of people who are obedient. Try reading a psalm about, you know, David loving God's law and and obeying his precepts. and, uh, And then... You know, read the Proverbs and see what happens to you when God's, God's really worked and done amazing things. Let's pray. Shall we just stand? Oh, Lord, we just want to thank you that, that you love us so much and... Uh, a bit of obedience from us is not a big ask when you've saved us and you've mapped out a life for us. It's, it's really the logical thing for us to do, to follow. And Jesus, uh, we know that in Revelation when you're talking to the church and you're saying, I stand at the door and knock, I'm knocking at the door of, of your heart. 
And uh, Jesus has access to everything and everywhere except our heart. Except our heart when we work out whether we're going to open that door slightly ajar, have it shut or open it wide for his leading. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, that you're knocking at our heart's door all the time. Thank you that you desire obedience for us. That your love compels us towards it. And Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you. Pray for anyone bucking your uh, uh, bucking against your direction and, and where you're looking for them to head. Lord, just arrest that movement and back the right way. Thank you that there's nothing better than being in the centre of your will. Nowhere safer, nowhere more powerful, nowhere that we other, any other place that we should be. Some of us, uh, we're not sure whether to step out. Lord, just give us direction. Give us the prompting of your Holy Spirit. Keep giving that prompting if we're we're thinking a certain way. Lord, if we don't know, Lord, that you would just, through your word and through you speaking, that you'd bring clarity, you'd bring a clear direction, clear next steps for us. Oh, you're so good, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your leading. Yes, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.